Welcome to the Strap It Down podcast. It's July 21st. We're talking some White Sox baseball. It's the all-star break. We're coming out hot. As we usually do, we're going to recap the last series. When we last talked, we were it was, it was last Thursday. It was game one of the twin series. We were live recording when the king hit the grand slam to blow the gates open in game one. Just a massive, massive win to open the series. Game two, we come out. I think it was 2-2 after the first inning. Kopech gave up two. But that was the second consecutive game where we hit them with two runs in the first inning. And then, if you recall, Robert gets hurt. He has to leave the game with lightheadedness, and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit. Adam Engel comes in to replace him, hits the key three-run bomb to win that game, which was huge. And then the bullpen just was was lights out. We go 6-7-8-9 with Kelly, Lopez, Graveman, Hendricks, which is a force that will play in the playoffs if Joe Kelly's getting the job done. Saturday, we come out, game three, Lance Lynn gets beaten around. We probably need to talk about Lance a little bit. We we need him to turn the corner. We'll see what happens with Lance. That game was kind of over before it started, unfortunately. They hit us, hit us in the mouth, and we couldn't recover. However, one thing I will say in Saturday's game, we battled back. And if you guys remember, we were taking absolutely great at-bats. We made them work. We made Duran go two innings that game, which was absolutely massive. And that sets us up for the success that we saw in Sunday's game, where Dylan Cease just puts his middle finger up to MLB for not getting selected to the All-Star game. Absolutely dominates. One hitter and the White Sox score 11 runs and win 11 to nothing. Just huge momentum going into the break. I'm going to open up to the floor. Schwabi, what do you got for me on that Twins-White Sox series to close out the break? So much of the Sox season this year has been them showing signs and then turning right around and looking looking bad, right? Like, we've made the joke that every time we go on the podcast, the Sox sit there at anywhere between four and a half and five and a half games back. Four and a half and five and a half. It's been every week. Every week, right? So they show you just enough, and they kind of fall back, and the Sox are sitting there in this kind of no-man's land where they're close enough that you can say they're in it, and they've made zero progress to make you think they can do it. Taking three out of four from the Twins was absolutely huge. Gives you the momentum. It cut into the lead. It, It was such a great sign and gives you such hope that... If we can play like we played those last, you know, four games out of the break, specifically the three we won, you have a chance to make some true, uh, some true noise in the AL Central. Mush, what were your thoughts about the the series against the Twinkies here? I mean, we outscored them what thirty two to ten. Um, 
Yeah, 32 the, to 10. The total score was ridiculous. I mean, I was with Dave this weekend, and he, like, pointed the score at one point in time. We're like, this is nuts. Like, we're being the hell out of it. That's a 22-run 22, 22 differential in a four-game series. 44-run swing. If you look at the run differential going into that series, 22 runs, them losing 22 runs, and us gaining 22 runs. That's insanity for a four-game set. I think, you know, going into the break here, the Guardians, the Twins, are another ahead of us in the division, but we outscored them 45 to 22. And they're the best that, that they're the best they're ever going to be. We're still so that's including together. so you're including the Guardians. The last I'm talking about the last eight games, which is Guardians and yeah. Twins. We doubled up on Talk- them. we doubled down on them as far as total runs scored. And I think I think I call that flexing. Like this is what <laughs> taking our shirts off. Like, like that. you ready to go? Because we're getting we're, we're ready to play now. No, I, I mean I think it's one of those where it would have been very Sox like to lose Game Four. And the great feelings you had you had out of game one and game two to kind of be muted. So the fact that they came back after losing game three to win game four was a huge step. And it gives them that momentum. It cuts into the lead. It, it, it gives you a lot of good feelings going into the second half. Dude, we didn't even... Not only did we win game four... Dominated. We dominated game four. Dominated game four. Right. And when you look at... Going into the series, when you're kind of looking at the pitching matchups, it, it kind of fell how you would maybe predict it. And and I hate saying that Saturday was like the game that we should have lost in quotations because Lance Lynn is a guy who finished in the top five in Cy Young last year. So I, I, I hate going into a series and looking on paper and be like, oh, that's the game we should lose because Lance Lynn is pitching. But what it's been lately, it, it kind of made sense of, of what happened. I mean, what what can you say about Dylan Cease and what he did Sunday? He he was just not only – when something like this happens where you get snubbed for the All-Star game, there's, there's two routes a player can take. player can feel sorry for himself and say, I deserved it, I should have been there, and then do, do whatever and not perform on the field. Or you could take the approach that Dylan Cease – took and just come out and absolutely dominate and say you guys messed up bad right and that's what he did he, he it was a one hitter did he go seven I don't know if he went seven or six I forget because we were up by so much and just set the tone out of the gates I mean you could tell in that game that he had his stuff and he he came to the mound and he said we're not losing this game I got the ball and we're winning, and that's what an ace does. No, Dylan went seven in that game through 94 he went pitches. Se- he went seven. 97 pitches. 94 pitches, seven innings. 94 it's huge. and seven for Dylan. It's huge. That, that's been the problem with his whole career. So and, and he had eight Ks in the scale. So it wasn't a game that he struggled to strike guys out and was fortunate with batted balls. He was dominant. Yeah. Uh, two walks, one hit over seven, eight Ks, 94 pitches. Those are the starts we need to see from Dylan and the rest of the staff, right? One of the biggest issues issues the Sox have is the their pitchers struggle to go deep in games outside of Cueto, right? Cueto's going to go out there and give you six every time at minimum. But Kopech struggles to get you know get deep into games. Dylan struggles to get into the sixth and seventh inning. 
Um, so seeing Dylan go seven on at ninety four pitches, that's f- fantastic. And this is a game where if this is a closer game, if this is a, a two nothing game, Dylan's out there for the eighth. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. Right, which is a huge step in Dylan's progress because Dylan, Dylan's growth. Dylan, because the way he pitched that game, he wasn't giving up a run. No. So if he comes out for the eighth, I mean, if he has a sixteen pitch inning, which is probably on average for him, maybe a little higher. That's 110 pitches. That's what an ace does. And Dylan's done 110. Dylan yeah. just happens to do 110 a lot of times during the middle of the six. Yeah, five and two thirds. Right. Yeah. I mean, I. You just gotta love Dylan going seven with 95. I didn't know that. That I'm I'm happy you brought that up because that makes me feel really good about what I expect with Dylan season in second. So let me ask you a question: If we were to go back into 2021. Take everyone's name and numbers off the back of their jerseys. Whose name would you put on Dylan Cease's jersey? Who is our 2021 Dylan Cease? Meaning, like, who was our ace last year? Yeah. Um, earlier in the year, I would say, I would say two guys. It'd be hard to say. I, I would probably say Rodon, because Rodon was our best pitcher the first half. And then I would say Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn, both of those guys, I think, finished top five. Lance Lynn, I think, lasted a little longer than Rodon. Rodon got hurt. I don't know if that was like a fake IL stint or what the deal was. And then Lynn kind of hit a wall, too, if you remember. But those were the two guys. Giolito was solid. Kopech was in the pen. Keiko was Keiko was the guy who didn't make the all-star. Or, I'm sorry, the playoff roster. So I would probably say, to answer your question, I would say Carlos Rodon. Who would you say, Schwabi? I, I mean, it's hard because, like, last year the pitching was really good. Yeah, the pitching I mean, was outstanding. I mean, Rodon was was fantastic until his arm started to wear down at the end of the year and went through that dead arm period. Uh, Lynn was fantastic. Giolito was Giolito. And Dylan took a big step last year as well. Dylan was good. Dylan was really good I mean, last so year. So last year, like, last year the – the clear weak link in the in the rotation was Dallas, and even Dallas was pitching in at, yeah. at a number five, an acceptable number five, at a number five level, right? Yeah. So I think that's where, you, like, it's hard. I mean, they there weren't a whole lot of guys who were struggling last year pitching wise. Pitching wise, they, they were really good. Um, no, you, you got to take into consideration too. Like Johnny Cueto has been a nice fill. Um, I don't know who I compare him to to the twenty twenty one season, but. The reason why I jump back to that approach is because I feel like if you were to kind of shuffle the cards around, shuffle the players around, take their names and numbers off the back of their jerseys, like I said, everybody's kind of representing somebody else's, filling somebody else's shoes from last year. You know, I think I think that's where we're not really, we're missing out on those details. We're focusing on the names more than anything else. But there's guys that have stepped up to be, a Rodan, you know, kind of like just just that money ball approach. Yeah, I think there's been flashes of that, but I don't think the consistency's been there for me. And and that's what we had last year. I think last year there there was, and it's hard to think back because it was so long ago. Because I think we were a 500 team after the break last year in 21. We were kind of veering off though, weren't but, we? Get slowing down a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we, we were like, we took our foot off the gas. Everybody remembers that. But I think there was a point before the All-Star break last year in 21 where th- there was a streak of starts where the starters were just insane. And and we were, it was quality start after quality start. And, and that's when we built up. 
because we ended up winning like 93, 94 games, and that's where we built it up. It was like this one streak where I think it was like maybe a two-month period where they were just down. No, I mean, I think the the pitching has pitching has, has really been strong the last couple of years, and the pitching has started to turn a corner here where Dylan's been pretty good the majority of the year. He had a little rough streak. He's kind of pitched through that. Cueto's been phenomenal the whole year. Um, Kopech has definitely tailed off a little bit of late, but he's been, you know, he's he's done enough to give himself, to put himself in chances, opportunities to win. Uh, Giolito's figured it out. You know, you need Lance to figure it out a little bit, but, you know, you're getting four out of five. You're getting a pretty good chance to win every day. And, and I'm confident that Lance is going to figure it out. We just need him to do that sooner than later. Yeah, Lance is... He's the weakest link right now, but I have confidence that he'll find it. He's too good of a pitcher. He's, I, I think we talked about it. His his velocity's down a little, but I, I have I have confidence he's going to bounce back. And great point, Schwabi. When he does, then five out of five days, we're we're the White Sox are getting an opportunity to win ball games, which right. is huge. You're giving yourself a chance to win, which is all you can all you want. And like I think we need to bring up that one of the big things that happened this weekend is that Joe Kelly pitched two games out of the pen, was scoreless in two outings. I think Kelly's last four now because he had two garbage appearances before that. Right. And so I mean, like, I mean, Dave brought up Kelly. I, I believe Dave brought up Kelly as is like his big bullpen guy to like look for look to going forward. And if Joe Kelly is able to be a quality reliever, the the reliever he's been the past three or four years of his career. Which he should be able to. Right. Joe Kelly, there's no reason he shouldn't. But now you're lengthening your bullpen, right? Just like yeah. the the addition of, you know, Eloy getting back from injury, you're lengthening your lineup. Lengthening your bullpen is a huge thing, especially with the fact that the Sox starters tend to be higher pitch guys um, as opposed to guys who are going deep in games. So you can, when Joe Kelly is a quality member when Joe Kelly's doing what you expect out of Joe Kelly, in addition to what Reynaldo's become, yeah, I mean, because Reynaldo's doing what Joe Kelly should be doing, right? Which you hope Joe Kelly's doing, right? So you got Joe Kelly, Reynaldo, Graveman, and then Liam is Liam. So you, if you you have four high quality arms who you trust in high stress, that's huge. Well, essentially, essentially, you're eliminating nine at bats, nine outs. Against every team, it's mad. I mean, that's massive. Right. What, what What about Aaron Bummer? Is he alive? Do we know anything about Bummer? Dude, Bummer scares me. He scares me. I'm not gonna lie. He scares me. All right. So we go into Minnesota. I mean, it, the other thing to talk about is we we do the f- five and three stretch both on the road in Cleveland and Minnesota. Huge. Get get ourselves back to five hundred, which we just absolutely needed into the break. We could catch our breaths a little bit. We got Yasmani coming back. We're getting healthy. We're within three games. We hope we're getting healthy. We hope we're getting we healthy. Some, we had some hiccups yeah. of late, so it's true. We we, we haven't heard anything healthy. about Luis, right? Right. Luis was supposed to get checked out at the on Sunday or Monday, uh, according to Tony. So back to five hundred. Three games back. We finally we. We break through a little bit. We're not four and a half back. We're talking. We're three games back. Congratulations. This is the first pod <laughs> where we are uh, under four and a half games. We're three so games I, back. So that's, that's enough to raise a toast. 
raising a toast and we're going into the second half feeling confident. And and I think that's big. I think confidence going into the second half is what the team needed. So we're going to transition and here's what we're going to do. We're doing the first half report card. I'm going to pass this to Schwabi. The Schwab's going to go through every key member of the White Sox that play that had significant level of playing time in the first half and we're going to all give a grade on that player. And then at the end, we're going to give it we're going to give two more grades. We're not going to leave Tony out. We'll we'll never leave Tony out. We'll give Tony a grade. <laughs> we'll give Rick a grade and we're going to give an overall White Sox grade. So we're going to touch on everybody here and you know, this is in no particular order, so we're going to kind of touch on some guys who are not great uh early and we'll touch on some better guys late. It's going to be kind of a jump around. Uh, I think first off the gate, we got our guy who started the most games at catcher this year, Reese McGuire. Okay, Reese, interesting. Mush, start us off. What do you grade, Reese? Uh, I think it just comes down to what you know what his role is and what we're expecting of him. Um, yeah, I, I can't compare him to uh, the guy we traded for or the guy we traded in the deal, which was Zach Collins. Um, but I would say, you know, where he's at, I'd say he's, he's at a B right now. I think he's, he's filling the shoes of where we need him to be. Um, I can't complain. I think he's, I think he's, he's a solid fill right now for, uh, for years. All right. So B from, from Mush, I'm going to give Reese a C. I think Reese's future is numbered with the White Sox because I think Sebi's. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think Sebi. He's going to stay over Reese when, when Yaz comes back or. Or Reese gets a phantom IL stint. What do you got, Schwabi? Yeah, I think I think there's a very high chance that Reese gets that IL stint late or soon. Um, yeah, not not a not a huge. He's been he's been his defense is good. Expected. His defense is good. Yeah, uh, he filled the role that Zach Collins was not capable of filling. And outside of Zach's like hot two week stretch, Zach Collins has proved that he's yeah he's exactly you, you what the Sox anything. thought he was. Um, I would give Reese a C. He's been he's been better than expected, but I would agree with agree with both of you. Yeah, I think Reese's days are uh, are coming to an end soon, sooner than later. Yeah. So I would all right. So consensus, it's probably a a B minus C plus for Reese. I I wouldn't necessarily grade the trade from Rick. That because Zach Collins, I don't think anyone misses him. But okay, we I think it was a good trade. Like I think it was a good trade. I don't think Reese is going to set the world on fire, but I think Reese has been a Quality catcher, I think there's a decent chance that when they, assuming they designate Reese for assignment, uh, he doesn't get picked up and he returns to Charlotte. Okay, interesting. Who's next? Jose. Okay, Jose. I'll, I'll start with Jose. I'm giving him an A. He's been a stud. He had the terrible start. We were we talked, I think maybe the first couple episodes, we were worried that his age finally come, catching up with Jose, but Schwab had the best analogy on this podcast so far this year with Jose Abreu turning into Nelson Cruz. He's seeing more pitches. He's more patient. He's taking the more most walks he has in his career. Jose Abreu, he's the leader of this team, A for me. What you got, Dave? Uh, I'm going to go with a B. Um, I think he's – I think he lacked a sense of urgency. I don't know. It, he just didn't have a fire, uh, fire lit under his belt in the first – I would say month or two of the season, and I think that's kind of why we fell behind. 
Um, but for whatever reason, I think he's uh, he's kind of back in the saddle. So I'm going to go with a B. I think he, I think there's a lot more potential. I've seen better, you know, Jose Abreu, um, but I think there's you know got half the year to prove prove me wrong or prove me right. So I'd give Jose an A. A uh, couple stats for you guys. Jose's played 90 games. Second place is Luis, who's played 74. Yeah, I mean, that's that's an A right there. And Lu- he's the oldest guy on the team. Luis has had 395 plate appearances. Second on the team is Luis with 323. Luis has 58 strikeouts, 44 walks. That's like... That's, Ho- Jose, that's Jose, Jose does. Jose, sorry, my apologies. Yeah. Jose has 58 strikeouts and 44 walks. I Jose, think this is one of his best years of his career. Ho- like Outside of his MVP year... I think this is Jose's most impressive batting season. He's got a 304 batting average, a 387 on base. His slugging is 470. He's an 857 OPS guy. His OPS plus is 143. Like Jose has been, Jose has changed who he is as a hitter. Yep. Which is super impressive at the age of 35. And he gives you hope that that he's not like when they signed Jose to that three year deal a couple years ago. Yeah, I remember talking to you, Nikki, and we're like, "Yeah, I was worried about who are that they. Deal. Who are they bidding against? Yeah, like, no one was giving Jose three, right? Yeah. Jose, in his third year of his deal, it has shown that it's been the best contract. It's shown that he, you're signing Jose again. Yeah. Like I was super concerned going into year three of Jose's deal that wait, wait. year three was going to be a hard year three, and you were going to try to sign Jose to like a two year deal for his fourth year, just keep him around." Jose's showing that he deserves a next, another contract for two years, probably not three again, but yeah. like a quality two-year contract. Jose's been, you know, the power's a little bit down. The RB, the RBIs are down in large part because of the top of the order, um, but Jose's been really strong. Okay, consensus A, most you're getting trumped. There's no planet out there where Jose Abreu is going to be this year. That's fine. I expect him to do better, <laughs> but Jose Abreu. Dylan Cease is getting all the attention for an all-star snub, but I just want to throw this out there. His numbers are are better than Vlad Jr. His numbers are better than Ty France, who got the the replacement spot. No respect for the White Sox. I digress from there because I could talk about that for a while. Who do we got next? All right, as as we work our way around the horn, we go to second baseman Josh Harrison. Oh, Josh, this is an interesting one. Josh, Schwab. I think is hard. Schwab, like, you start. You start us on, I, on Josh. I would give Josh a C plus. Um, I thought he out of the gates. I like Josh a lot. Uh, in large part because he wasn't Lurie. Yep. I think after his, you know, he started off doing pretty solid. He struggled after that to the point where I was calling for him to be for calling for him to be DFA for Sosa. I tweeted that. I tweeted right. that. So, I mean, I th- you know, I think we were all were kind of on the same page where it looks like Josh Harrison's cooked. And then Josh Harrison picked it up, and he finished second half strong. I don't think he's great. I don't think Josh Harrison is even remotely close to the answer. Even the answer this year. I mean, the, due to his age, he's definitely not the answer long term. Yeah. But I don't know, I'm not sure he's the answer this year. With that being said, he has been a solid presence. He clearly is... Yeah, he appears to be liked in the clubhouse. He appears to be a positive, positive clubhouse guy. Um, and I think Josh has been solid, not spectacular. Uh, and he's, you know, there have definitely been some positives and negatives, but I think Josh has played fairly solid baseball. I wouldn't give him a B. 
but I'll give him a C plus. He, he's played good defense too. So Mush, what would you give Josh? Um, I'm gonna give Josh a D, and I I don't blame him for that. I blame the front office because I feel like they screwed the pooch with the Lurie contract, and they needed a cheap fill of a, a relatively bigger name player. Um, and I feel like Josh Harrison Swagger, his presence on the field is known. And the fact that he's a utility player is a plus. brings a lot of energy to the field. But I just think everyone's hopes are too high. And I think I think the front office kind of set us up for that. Like, oh, this will be, you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like a Ferrari with a Honda and, and under the under the hood. That's my approach. I think that's a very fair grade for Josh. I'm gonna split the difference for you guys. I'm gonna go C minus. He he's come around a little bit lately, and which has been been big we've needed it he's he's been a little bit of a spark i could go without the high stepping when we're down six runs when he hits a double (laughs) (laughs) um i'm gonna go c minus part of that part of that too is i'd probably give him a higher grade but he hasn't been good enough to and maybe tony's just got this thing with leary but like i would give him a higher grade if he could just start every day but tony for some reason needs to put leary out there and it's killing us if if josh gets those starts and maybe because it's because he doesn't bat left-handed, and I gotta penalize him for that because our manager—that's all he thinks about. So I'm gonna say C minus, and let's move on, Schwabi. Who you got? All right, so we're working down the lineup. Next guy up is Timmy. Tim. Tim's an interesting one. Um, Mush, lead us off. I'm gonna give Timmy an A. Um, I think with with his swagger, his approach, he's. I think he's our. He's the face of the Chicago White Sox, um, and I think maybe you guys can both agree with me on that. Uh, I think he brings a lot of energy. I think he represents the the the, the franchise well, the heart of Chicago well. Um, I think he's an A. I think he's you think he's our guy. He's Mr. White Sox. Schwab, I'd give him B plus. Uh, I definitely agree with you, Dave. You know, Timmy is the catalyst of this team. Uh, you know, I think we, I think everyone said. As Timmy goes, we go. Um, and he's banned 310. He's got 351 on base. Um, but he's he's been erratic at times. He had that really rough stretch defensively where he was just god-awful for a couple days. Um, has been much better since. He's been a little up and down at the plate. You know, he's had a couple – he's had an injury this year. There's been some um, potential personal stuff going on with Timmy that struggled – I think is – affected him more than we'd like to admit. Um, I think that's life. No, I think everyone's got a hundred percent. I'm not, I'm not saying negative or positive against him, but I think, it, I think it's affected him. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think, but with that being said, Timmy is, Timmy is the catalyst and for the Sox to reach their ultimate goals, he's going to continue to be the catalyst. Yeah. I, I Schwab, I agree with you. I'm, I was going to say B plus before you said it. I started an A, and two things dropped my grade. One is his defense dropped his grade. Which he has been simply better of late. It has. But I can't get over that one series in Cleveland where... <laughs> no Dal- one on the team could feel the ball. Yeah, it, it was contagious. Dallas I think was they were trying to That was when of, Dallas called out the defense. I think they were trying to get rid of Dallas personally, which I'm for. Yeah, I mean, that, that probably was a smart move in hindsight. And then number two was the same thing. Coming out of the injury, he just, his uh, slugging hasn't been there. 
He's he, a lot of base hits to right field, which I love when he goes to right field, but I need to see a little more power out of Tim. And he ends up in LA, which was, I, I think, great to see. He won the fan vote, which was awesome. But his numbers weren't good enough to be starting the All-Star game, in my opinion. But I, Dylan C should have been starting the game, so I'm going to take it when he can and be plus for Tim. And I think he's going to get elevated to an A with just an awesome second half. All right, next up we got Johan. All right, so we're <laughs> so just for the record, we're going around the horn and we're going with okay, guys who I like started that. the most positions yeah. at each position, and then we'll go to the guys who are who haven't started the most positions Perfect. as starter. Perfect. I, I'll start with Yo. I'm going to give him a D-. minus. I'm, I'm giving Yo a D-. minus. The guy can't stay healthy. He's been... He, he, he's had a couple IL stints in the first half, and the only reason I didn't fail Yo is because of what he did the last 10, 15 games before the break, where he's he's finally, he, I think he's got an OPS over 900 the last 15 games. He's he's turning it on, and then he hits an absolute bomb. I think it was off Joe Ryan, who was throwing 85 down the middle, but take it when you can. Absolute bomb to center, which was, a gut punch to the Twins, and I loved every second of it. D-minus for Yo, but I expect him to turn it around and keep that momentum going. Quick thing on Yo real quick. I was a little worried about him in the All-Star break. He, You know, Tao is open See, every you're night. You're always talking about Tao with Yo. We, we should have started a GoFundMe among White Sox Twitter. To just <laughs> we could have kept Tao in business. They could have closed it down. Pay, pay, we, the, pay the bouncer. We, we could su- no, no, we, no. We supplement their revenue. It's like just close for the week, and and Yo is good to go. But anyway, what what do you what do you boys got on Yo? I'm I'm gonna go with D uh, D minus. Is I don't know. It's just kind of like a kick in the face. But <laughs> I, I'm just disappointed with uh, with everything he brings to the table. He's so hot and cold. It's like, dude, just get out of here. Um, yeah, he's hard to watch. He's very hard to watch, and he's probably harder to play and, and build a lineup around as well. So I'm hoping that he he turns things around a little bit and lights a fire and gets up to that. I, I think he should be a B right now with where he's at in his career, and I think this year should have been the year he took a step forward where everyone would, we would have been talking about, like, can we afford Yo's next contract? Yeah. Instead, we're talking about do we even want this guy in our, our, our uh, dugout? So in comparison to Jose, who started 90 games, Yo started 40 in comparison. Yes. Yeah, so, um, so he's been missing. A, a, 40, 40 games. 48 starts, or 48 games, 190, 48. 190 plate appearances. Compared to Jose's, who's at 90 and 395. So essentially half of what Jose's played. Um, I would give Jose, I give Yo a, a C- minus at this point in time. Um, and I think, I think it's largely, you know, I... I that's that's generous. C minus is generous. It's what have you done for me lately? Right? <laughs> okay, yeah. Completely, I, I admit fair. that. That's fair. Um, it's what have you done for me lately? And Yo has played significantly better of late. Additionally, um, while Berger came in and was a great bat, the defense was lacking, and Yo has really solidified uh, that third base defense. Yeah, he which he's has been, which has been good. He's um, awesome, Andy. I think I I hope Yo has turned the corner with his bat. I also fear that. While he turns corner with his bat, we'll see you on the DL shortly. Um, Swinging too hard, oblique. But you know, I I think Yo is Yo hasn't been what we expected, what we've hoped. Um, but he, he has been a big benefit of late. 
So consensus on Yo, we'll give him a DD plus. Yeah. And I think the bottom line is we need better out of Yo and Mankata because he's he's one of the few lefties, one of the few guys that hits lefties on the team effectively. So you just you absolutely need him because we suck against right-handed pitching. So he's he's a huge key. For sure. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's where we're at. We need we need we need Yo to end the year with a B. Yeah. Um, or we're not making the playoffs right now. He's, I will. Right I will say that. Yeah. If he's not a B by the end of the year, we're not making the playoffs. Right. Next up, we have our most started left fielder, AJ Pollock. Dave, you want to start us off with AJ? Do I, Scotty Pods Junior? <laughs> Scotty um, Pods. Scotty that, Pods without that, the speed. Yeah, yeah that's. I not mean, a good I don't know. Thing. I think he's pretty quick out there, but um, I don't know. I'm. He just doesn't do a whole lot for me. I think he's a great fourth outfielder. Um, is he our fourth outfielder right now? No, probably not. But, you know, I'm going to have to just give him a B because, I, all right, let's say let's go with a B minus if, if I'm lags. I feel like he's just kind of there. He's a guy that we could have in the bottom of the lineup. Um, and I'm not saying what the hell, why is he batting here or there? or Why is he in the field? Because he has had some, some plays at one, one games for us. Um, so I'm going to go with, uh, like a B minus cause that's more my expectations for him are. That's generous. B minus. What do you got? Schwabi? I'd probably give AJ a C. I agree with a lot of what you said, Dave. Um, he's had some big hits. He's had some big moments. He's a guy who it, it AJ Pollock is a very interesting study, to, a very interesting opinion to me. He's a guy when he's not in the lineup, we're all like, why isn't AJ in the lineup? Yeah. And then when he's in the lineup, we're like, why the hell is AJ in the lineup? Um, right, he's, exactly. He's done just enough to make us want, want him in the lineup. At the same point in time, he has, like, you're just like, I think we can do better than AJ. And, and I think I think I can agree with you on that comment because I feel like we're always pinpointing, like, the worst parts of our – or weakest parts of our lineup. And because we have guys in there like Lurie, Harrison um, – McGuire, I feel like he's never like the guy that we're like hating on because he's not the weakest in the lineup, which needs to change. If he's a weakest bat in our lineup, then I think we're heading heading to the World Series. Agreed. Yeah, I, AJ's um, AJ's a tough one. I'm, I'm going to go C minus with AJ, and what it comes down to with him, I just need more. I I need more. He's He's been very. He's not a flashy guy. Yeah, he's know, very streaky too, which I didn't know. But um, I, I'm going to need more out of him, and I, I, we just need him to be better. That's the bottom line there. So let's move on to the next Schwabi. Who you got for me? All right, next up we got Luis Robert. I think uh, I think I'm up on this one. Um, Luis is hard. Luis may be the hardest guy to grade. I'm going to give him a C plus, uh, which. We'll see how that stacks up with your grades. I think we came into the year with Luis having MVP expectations, and he definitely has not played to that point. Um, wasn't an all-star. Has been okay at times. Has been ugly at others. But he's our second most used starter as far as games and plate appearances. Uh, leads us in home runs. Leads us or Tied for the lead in stolen bases with Timmy. Has a 301 average, 334 on base, uh, 
and 461 slugging, which is behind Vaughn and Abreu, who are 470 each. Um, he's been okay. He's had games where he's been great. He's I think he's been a little better of late. Um, but every time he seems like he gets on a hot streak, something comes up. When the DL, like when his initial DL stint, I think he was on like a 12-game hitting streak around then. And then he'd been playing better of late. And then he had lightheadedness, lightheadedness and has been out for a couple games since then. Let's hope he's okay because we right. need him. So, I'll, all right, I'll follow you, Schwabi. I, I'm going to give him a B. So I'm a little more generous. I, I get where you're coming from for sure because the MVP expectations and all that, and, and we need him to be more than what he is. But he's still, he's been solid, and he's not the reason that we've been struggling so much. So for that, because so many other guys have been underperforming, I wouldn't say he's underperforming. I think he's been average for his performance, which is good. And he's, based on that, probably one of our best players. But he he could be so much better. So I'll give him a B because I'm not terribly disappointed, but I, I could see more out of him. Mush, what do you got? Um, I grade someone like Luis Robert two different at, two different categories is individual um, approach, and then where we where we expect him to be is like a team uh, a team player and, and game changer. I would say if you take the last two weeks out of a season, I'm at a D with Luis Robert. D, that's yeah. that's excessive. I think that where he's expected to be in the, t- in the lineup, and where he is expected to be as like a, a an overall player in the MLBs, um, I I have two different grades. I have him be a B and a D for those two different categories, and I'm not going to elaborate on those. But if he if he's heading in the direction of how he played the last two three se- series going into the All Star break. He's well on his way to being a top ten player in the majors by the by the end of the year. Yeah, I okay. I I think I, I get where you're coming from. I think a D is a little excessive because he's been good. But I think we've all like I think what we all want to see is like the Julio Rodriguez, you know, the J Rod hype. Like that's what we want with you, right? It's just right. Like, I mean, I, I think I think Dave's grade of a D is kind of against where we where we had hoped Luis would be. So I understand it from that. From yeah. That Shockingly, our most started right fielder is none other than Adam Engel. Wow, that's interesting. I compared to Vaughn and Cheats, Cheats has to be number two. Yeah, Vaughn's and we're three games back, like thirty some odd games in the operation. Yeah, and it's been really limited, mostly. Which makes time. sense. That we, we don't, we can't afford him in the outfield. Uh, I'll start with Engel. Um, Engel Engel's a a C. I think Ed, I think Engel is a C player in general. Like he's he's a he's really good in defense. He is a limited at, limited bat. Um, has shown more pop against lefties in recent years. Um, but you know Adam Engel's never going to be a guy you want starting 130 games for your organization. He's a guy you want as a runner of late, a defensive replacement. Yep, and a guy who is at best. A, uh, in a platoon where he's banned against lefties. I think Adam Engel is, has, you know, has done as well as we could hope, um, but I think Adam Engel in general is a C player. Yep. Mush, what do you got for Engel? 
So I agree with you, and that was I'm just watching this Giants Dodgers game that was horrible. And that's Luis Gonzalez just made the worst outfield play I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Anyways, holy the formal, shit. The former um, farmhand, Luis Gonzalez. Oh, and, and Rodon's looking at him. White Sox, oh, former my White God. Sox. Rodon like, is pitching. What are you I doing? forgot Rodon's pitching. I could have caught that ball with my bare hands, and he's looking, looking catching lollipops. Good. I'm happy um, because usually they drink the water in San Fran, and they turn into oh, superhuman baseball that players. That was unbelievable. Anyways, bouncing back to to the White Sox here. Um Adam Engel is he's a he's a C player, um, but my grade for where he's at in his role with the White Sox as a fifth outfielder is an A plus because I can't believe he's become this this uh, important of a tool to help us to to get us to where we're at with three games back, and he's exceeded all of my expectations. And for him to be a number five outfielder on our team is phenomenal, A plus. So. Um, Adam Angle, I think my, my grade C plus B minus he, he's our fourth, fifth outfielder. Fine. I, I don't want to spend too much time on him. He, he does great at what he does. I, I hear your point mush, but C plus B minus way more power last year. Finally got a little of that in that huge game against Minnesota. So I think that bumped him up for me, but I think we could see a little more out of Angle to be honest, but let's move on. All right. Uh, our last most used starter is Andrew Vaughn. You want me to lead it off with Andy? Hit that off leg. I'm going to give him an A-. And the only reason it's not an A for for Andy, the guy's been an absolute stud. He's, he's coming into his own. And I would say it's just because he doesn't, and it's not his own fault. It's not, it's not Vaughn's fault. I think it's the fault of Rick Hahn. And his roster construction, we've talked about it all the time. He just doesn't have a, a he doesn't have a, possess, a position defensively, which kills his value because he's not a good outfielder. He's a good first baseman, but he he doesn't play there often. And he's been the good thing about Vaughn is he actually hits well when he DHs. So that that's big for us. And I think he's got to be he's probably got to be that guy as the DH going forward. But I'll give him an A minus. And again, the only reason I don't give him an A is because his defensive limitations that our GM has put on him because of how he's constructed the roster. Dave? Yeah, I'm going to go with a B. Um, I think we've seen the best of Andrew Vaughn uh, this year. Um, but I think you're right, Legs. I think if, if we have him at a DH slot, batting five, um, my expectations, I'm excited about that. But to think that he's going to be anything more than that, um, I just, I just don't know if we're gonna get that. So I'm gonna say I'm just gonna go with a B because I'm happy with what he's done this year, and I don't expect anything more from him. Yeah, I, I'd give Vaughn a B plus, A minus. Um, he's probably been outside of Jose our most consistent bat. Uh, he's second on the team in RBIs behind Luis. He's third on the team in walks behind Jose and Yasmani. Uh, kind of surprised he only has 18 walks. That's it. Um, oh yeah, 51 strikeouts, 18 walks. I think, you know, we, we need to see a little more power from Vaughn the second half. Yeah. Um, but, again, Andrew Vaughn's been great. I have a hard time hard time saying anything bad about him. I think I won, I'm one of the first podcasts. I told you he's a, he's a worst-case Polly Canerco. <laughs> Polly K. Lags looking I'll never forget that. Crazy. I'll never forget that. And uh, I said, listen, dude, I'm just telling you, man, worst-case scenario is Polly K, which is – Polly K is awesome. I mean, everyone loves Polly. Um, 
And if worst case, if the worst case scenario of Andrew Vaughn is Paul, which I think is what we're seeing from him right now, I'm uh, I'm ecstatic for the future, and I'm very happy that he is a member of the White Sox. Well, in Andy's defense, they, they didn't <laughs> imagine if we we stuck Paulie K out in the right field. <laughs> oh my God! Vaughn's done everything we has. I mean, you gotta love the guy. He's, he goes out yeah, to left. Definitely. He goes out to right. He's played second. He's played, played third. second. He's played third. He's played. I mean, he's played Tony, all over the place. You think you think he's Larry Garcia the way? Tony the only thing he hasn't played is in the middle. Like they played <laughs> everything other than second or short, short center and catcher. The only things that guy hasn't played in his first year and a half of the majors, and he never played in AAA. That's incredible. I don't think we're gonna get. We're gonna expect him to be anything more than that. I mean, he, even if he hits. He's not a flashy player. He's not flashy, he's, but he's, he's he's slow and steady. But he's just in, in, in it. There's no attraction to him, so I don't think he's ever going to be like a fan favorite in Chicago. If that makes sense. I don't know, man. I think you're wrong. I think the fans go, love Vaughn. Twenty-five bombs, two eighty-five average as like the baseline of your worst season is is two eighty-five and twenty-five. I think you're going to be okay. Yeah, and and here's the problem, and it's not the it's not the problem with Vaughn, but I think what's getting highlighted this year is because nobody's hitting home runs and Vaughn's not a home run hitter, but I think, and you said it Schwab, you said you'd like to see more power out of him, but that's not his game. He's a line drive hitter. It's, 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 it's been out there, right? Like that's how he talks about his swing. And the reason that the reason that everyone's talking about that is because the guys that are, that should be hitting the home runs, like an Aloy Jimenez, who should be our guy who's hitting 40 bombs is not in the lineup and he's never in the lineup. If oh, you get those right. guys in the lineup, then you're not talking about, Oh, Vaughn's not hitting 30 home runs, but he's not a 30 home run guy. He's a 25 home run guy. Cause he's running he's into a, those and he's B, hitting line drive. He's a B player in he's our not, best starting lineup. But I, I, I think, I, I don't think because you don't hit home runs makes you a B player. He could Dude, the no, guy, the guy is going to be an over 400 OBP guy, and he has rockets. He's only going to get better, dude. He didn't. He literally like almost skipped the whole minor leagues. He came straight up from from high A, yeah. right? He didn't yeah, play he, in Birmingham. He, he didn't play still. in Charlotte, and this is what he's doing. That's incredible. What he's doing this year is incredible for skipping double A and skipping triple A, uh, and basically Vaughan's, learning on the fly in the major leagues. Andrew Vaughn's super impressive in my mind. Um, as we get to these next. You know, eight guys. Uh, these guys have all played. Well, the first couple have played a good amount. They're all not in the top guys, so I think we'll try and go through these guys a little quicker. Uh, up number ten is our guy Lurie Garcia. I'll start this one off. I give a I give Lurie a big D. Um, D. That's it's generous. I... Listen, dude. Like I I struggle with Lurie because I feel like I feel like a large part with Lurie is Tony Salt. Um, Lurie should be a, a utility infielder whose greatest value is that he can play anywhere and he fills in, but we've used Lurie as more of a an actual starter by the fact that Lurie's got six, seven games played, 242 plate appearances, which is more than a large amount of our guys. This is this is Lurie's worst year by far. It's got to be. By far. Easily. That's not, that's not a question. All right, Mush, what's your grade on Lurie? Keep it short and sweet. Um, Guy's not worth thirteen million dollars, and I think that's why we're we're beating up on him. Um, I'm just gonna go with with a D. If he was making a million dollars a year, I'd probably say he's a B. 
that's just because of the value he brings what he's what his cost is yeah so he's making he's got he, he got a three-year deal he got a three-year deal from rick five and a half million a year that's sixteen and a half million dollars over three years right take away the money he's getting an f he's an f he's a failing grade he's the worst player in the major league right now look at the look at the hitting statistics they're he, awful he's rank him with guys who have qualified at bats how many bats does he have this year schwab uh, he's 242 plate appearances. Two, 220 this guy has batted 242 times. I guarantee you, if you take over 200 plate appearances, he is in the second percentile of every category that you care about. F, move on. Who are we talking about next? Gavin. Jesus. Can we, I mean, do we have. It's, it's, it's ugly. These next, these next full names are, are ugly. Um, I think we'll touch him quick. Gavin has been great of late, or has been better of late. Uh, since he returned with Charlotte, clearly, uh, is I think as you've pointed out, the Charlotte hitting, hitting coach probably deserves a raise. Yeah, uh, he's done more for the Sox than Frank Menachino, Uh But I think Gavin is is probably a C this year, and that's largely based off his most recent stretch. Gavin Sheets, I'll give him a, I'll give him a C. And that's very generous. He, again, he's another guy that's thrown into right field. He's a first baseman. He's come up with some big hits this year. Um, he he kind of got us back on track. He he finally got some big hits with the bases loaded. I'll give him a C. I think we could see a little better on Gavin, but he was never a big prospect. He's actually making he, he's making a little uh, a nice career for himself. I think we need him to be better. Because he's that left-handed presence in the lineup. So, C. What do you got, Mush? I'm going to give him a C. I'm indifferent about him. Um, someone's got to do what he's doing, and that's, a, that's about all I'm going to say. All right, next up we got Yaz. Um, I think Yaz is, is very much an incomplete right now. If you had to grade him, Yaz is probably at a, at a D. Uh, 185 batting average, 294 on base with – a whopping two bombs and 15 ribbies played in 50 games, 200 plate appearances. Um, you know, I, I think again, similar to yo, he's a guy we're going to need to see something in the second half. Yep. hundred percent. Do anything in large much, part because he's how much value team. has he brought to the white Sox this year? This year, virtually none. Um, no, he's, so he's, he's probably been the worst player. Grade, I, I think enough. I agree. I agree with Mush here. I, I, I hate to say that, but I do. I agree with you. I think it's an incomplete slash F because in the games that he's been playing, he's an F. For sure. I mean, no doubt. Um, but he's a guy we're going to need to see something from, I think, so far in the minors in this rehab stint. Yeah. Showing a little power, which is positive. Um, but we're going to need something from Yaz. I think right now he's, he's probably an F. Schwab, great point. Everyone, I, I see a lot of comments like, oh, I forgot that we even had Yaz. Like, we don't need him. Bullshit. If this team's going to win the World Series, we need... The second half of 2021, yeah, it's money. Yeah, dude, he World Series playoff series. People quickly forget. I keep, I keep pounding this, and I keep tweeting it, and I keep telling people. People quickly forget the best hitter on the 2021 White Sox after the All Star break last year, and there was no doubt. There was no doubt about it. Was Yasmani Grandal? The guy ended up. You know, his OPS last year was like 950. It's his on. 
his ability to draw walks and then the power he showed when he came back off the DL last year was was incredible. What if we get that Yasmani back? He was crushing the ball. And changes changes the trajectory of the season. Dude, he his rehab stint. You could he's argue ball, that he's seen the ball really well right now. And, he hasn't played a lot of catcher, and even the games he started at catcher, he's been taken out early, which is the fear. Um, because if Yaz comes back and he's got DH, that means you got to move Andy to the outfield. Yeah, that hurts. Which, which that hurts. Causes problems. So his his health and his ability to catch the second half of the year is huge. Um, that's the biggest question mark for me. Yeah, um, I, I'm optimistic. I, I I like what he was doing in the minors. I think he's going to come up similar to last year. He came off if. You remember he got hurt, he came off the IL, and he just, just dominating. And that's the yes we need to see. So who who's next, Schwab? Uh, Berger. Dave, you want to start off with Jake Berger? Yeah, I'm going to give him I'm, – I'm right there with the sheets grade. He's uh, – I'm indifferent. I'm going to give him a C. I think he's he's solid for what, what we're expecting from him. I hope he does better, and I wish him well. Are you talking about sheets or Berger? I'm talking about burger. I, I put burger and sheets in the same category with a C. I'm indifferent oh, about got it. Got them. it. They're kind of they, someone's got to do it, and he's doing he's doing a, a solid job. So I'm hoping that his his play in the second half puts him into that B category. Schwab, I I do agree with Dave. I think Jake Berger and Gavin have a lot of similarities. I think if you had you were a team that had a DH opening and you had Gavin Sheets as your guy against righties and Berger as your guy against lefties, I think it's probably a decent combo. Um, I'm going to give Jake probably a, a, a B minus C plus. And part of that's because of just who I am. Um, the way Jake Berger's battled back from the from the injuries he's had has been admirable. Uh, and it's great to see. And he also provided the Sox a big boost in the first half when they needed they needed some bat to come through. I think Jake did a great job of kind of, well, he hasn't been great. He's been solid and he offered some big hits, which definitely kept the Sox uh, float at times. Um, and he had a weak stretch where I think he was really the only guy who was producing. Um, is he a long-term third baseman in the majors? Probably not. But is he potentially a guy who's a, a platoon half of a first base DH combo or, or something where he's a, D, a normal DH first baseman? I think there's a great possibility of that. And he's done a, he's done an admirable job for the admirable job for the Sox. Um, but I, I, I struggle to say more than that. I'm going to be more generous on Jake than you guys. I think I'm going to give him a B plus for what he's done for the White Sox this year. He, there was a point in time where he, I think he led the team in homers. He, he was, he was carrying the load offensively and this was after a, a stint in the minors. So Jake Berger and the reason I'm giving him such a good grade too is because I think you know, it's back to like exceeding expectations, right? My expectations for him were were pretty low this year. Not a good fielder. That's really gonna. I mean, that kills his value. I, I don't. I don't have high expectations for him going forward. I wouldn't mind flipping him for a reliever this year. I like I hope, that idea. I hope that's what we do. So, not not do little though. Do little's off. <laughs> do little is doing little of late. Do a little. Th- I'm happy you mentioned his name, so he could uh, just get Tommy John. That was <laughs> that was appreciated by everyone. I- I'm gonna just say B plus. Burger exceeded my expectations. So who do we get next? 
All right, we got a couple guys who uh, who have played this year who we're not going to mention. Uh, Lennon Sosa played a whopping four games. Yep. Uh, Move on. You should have given more. Adam Hazley made my great comment of Adam Hazley killed killed, killed We got three guys left who have played a little bit this year. Um, Danny Mendick is the first one we're going to go through. My guy Adam Hazley killed him, but Danny was was doing great shit. Um, A A for Mendick. Right. I don't think we need to talk a lot about Mendick. He played great in the stretch when we really gave him starts, Um, but Danny is is out for the remaining of the year. Kills me. Kills me. Mendick was unbelievable, but Next, I think consensus A for Mendick. I'll 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 speak for the group. Yeah, I'll get I'll give you that. Uh, our next up, we got one hitter. We have two hitters left. We'll talk about Sebi Zavala Ooh, first. Ooh, Sebi, my guy. I gotta tell you, Sebi's played a whopping twenty six games this year, ninety three plate appearances. Uh, Sebi is a guy who I thought they should have DFA'd, um, but Sebi has been fantastic. Uh, I give Sebi a B plus. I don't know if Sebi, Sebi will never be a long-term answer or a catcher, I don't believe. With that being said, he has absolutely been a huge boost, and I think he's the reason that Reese McGuire is going to get DFA'd. I, Schwabi, I was thinking B-plus again. I agree with you. Right? Yeah, I agree with you on that. And you know what I love about Sebi Zavala? Did you guys see, I think it was, I, I don't know if it was Saturday or Friday's game or Sunday's game. I think it was I think it was Friday's game where we were up six two and the game ended on a pitch in the dirt. The twins player swung and he didn't get out of the way. And Sebi like shoved the twins player out of the way to get the ball and tag him out. Yeah, Sebi and Celestino had the little Yeah, and then the, uh, the, the bench little, the bench little, is cleared. Yeah. And Sebi It was Thursday. Him, it was Thursday. Was it Thursday? Yeah, yeah, it was Thursday. It said get the F out of the way. Yeah, because uh because McGuire is Kobach's personal catcher. Right, right. That's right. Because then he would have been Friday, which I hate yeah. the personal catchers. That's another. That's Unless a conversation for another Maddox, day. I don't. I don't. And Henry Blanco, I don't need you at personal catcher. If you're Reese McGuire and you haven't hit a home run in three years, you can't be a personal catcher. Sorry, but unless you're catching a guy who is the caliber of Greg Maddox, Sebi's got this edge to him. Reese kind of does too. Right? Reese gets fired up, which I like. But Sebi, Sebi's got like this. And dude, Reese loves. Sebi has Reece like this, I'm gonna kill you. Look. Too. He's yeah. a good car ride, and he's got a good grip. I mean, that's those are things Reese brings R- to the table. Reece's, I don't tell Reece's you. does not have a lot of time left with the White Sox. Just a good grip is Reese's biggest thing. Uh, our last bat is Eloy Jimenez. Uh, 19 games, 71 plate appearances. I think grading him other, grading him anything other than incomplete, incomplete is is you know is is hard. Uh, he has not lived up to his expectations, but he's been hurt for the majority of the year. So, you know, he's played a whopping eight games more than Adam Hazley. Incomplete, to incomplete to a, I don't know, in the games that he's played, C, he he hasn't done great. He's knocked. In, he's had some clutch hits though. So I'll. Let's just settle on it incomplete. We, everyone's really frustrated with Aloy. I, I, I'm t- everyone's tired of seeing it. We we just need him in the lineup hitting bombs. Uh, we, we need him. He he's our home run hitter, right? Like you look at the lineup, he's the guy that you project to hit over forty home runs, and that's what's killing us. And it's killed us the last couple of years. So he, he needs to be the pop guy. And uh, you you just need that home run hitter, and and that's what we're missing. Like Luis, you said it. Luis leads the team in home runs. How many does he have? Twelve. Twelve. 
Aaron Judge has 33 home runs. That's insane, dude. That's Dude's insane. Burger's fourth on a team in home runs. Yeah, I, that, that's why the injuries. <laughs> Tells you all like. you need to know. We're going to go to the pitchers now. Uh, a couple guys we're not going to mention. I will mention their names briefly, but we'll skip over them. Anderson Severino threw a whopping seven and a, th- a seven and a third. Brian Bird's th- Brian Bird has thrown nine innings. Kyle Crick is currently de- currently on the 15 day DL. He's thrown 15 and two thirds innings. He's thrown pretty well. Um, I will give him that. And Aaron Bummer's also on the 15 de- 15 day DL. He's thrown 17 and two thirds of an inning. Uh, Aaron Bummer has thrown 17 and two thirds of an That's inning. That's it out of Bummer. Yes. 17 and two-thirds for Aaron Bummer. Um, we hope Aaron Bummer gets back, but there hasn't been a lot of talk about Aaron Bummer, so we will kind of skip over him. I think the first guy we can talk about is Joe Kelly. He's thrown 16 and two-thirds, but we will include him in this. Um, Joe Kelly. Thoughts on Joe Kelly? You want me to start? You can start here, Nikki. Ah, oh, man. I, I I feel like I've been a little hard on the team, but I'm going gonna, <laughs> gonna to go D+. Plus. What's his ERA? Uh, Joe Kelly's ERA is currently. I think his FIP's decent. I was his FIP at the is three point four seven. I mean, that's that's really good. Uh, but like, isn't his ERA? I think it's like ERA it's like seven showing. or eight. It's bad. It's I think I think it's an eight. All right, um, we'll come back to that. So I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Joe Kelly. You know what? I'm gonna bump it up based on that FIP. Sorry, seven point five six ERA for Joe Kelly. Seven point five six ERA for Kelly, but a FIP of under- a three three point four seven FIP. So you know what? I was gonna say D plus. I'm gonna I'm gonna bump that up to C plus. So he he the last four outings I think were four shut down. What the, what's that telling? And it's not not that FIPs that much better than ERA because ERA you're still getting up the runs right. There's no excuses, but. There is some bad luck to that, and I think Joe Kelly's had a lot of bad luck this year. And when you're a reliever and you don't have a lot of innings, that it could get blown up quick. Joe Kelly is the guy we talked about it earlier. Joe Kelly is the guy that we need, and he's mm-hmm. he his he's a little crazy, which I love. He's gonna get it back. He's and he's gonna have a good second half, but for the first half, C minus. Dave, jumping Joe. Trump and Joe, your guy. I'm gonna give him a, I'm gonna give him a B because I feel like I don't want to get in his head mentally when he listens to this podcast. Um, Joe, Joe, Joe keep big, doing what you're doing, big man. listener of the pod. By the way. If we got Joe Kelly on the podcast, Joey, Joey, I mean, keep doing made, what you're doing, man. Joe Kelly's a um, legend. Talking to the I media. tell you one thing, we, if, we if need Joe Kelly. Can, dude, the guy's a legend. If, He's a legend. If he continues heading in the right direction, we're gonna have two stud closers. No, I think I think Joe Kelly is uh, a guy who, to this point of the season, has probably been a, a C minus D plus. I think he's another guy who, when we're looking forward to the second half, we need big rebounds from Joe Kelly. We need big rebounds from Yasmani. We need big rebounds from Yo. Those are three guys who are going to be extremely important to changing the fortune of this team. Very accomplished players. Right, all three of those guys are are legitimate major leaguers, accomplished players in their own right. Um, and those three guys we're gonna we're gonna rely heavily on. Uh, we'll talk about two players who are not on the for, who are on the forty man, but not currently with the White Sox. Next, uh, we'll put them together just to kind of save some time with some of these lesser guys. Uh, Bennett Souza and Davis Martin 
I'll start. I'll give Bennett Souza a whopping F minus, and oh I will God. give Davis dude. Martin a B minus. Dude, that's harsh on Souza. Listen, Bennett Souza. If I never see Bennett Souza again, <laughs> if I never see Bennett Souza again, it will be too soon. Come on, dude, that's harsh. If I never see him again, Souza, it will be too. He got soon. that save. Remember the one game Tony came in. Congratulations, Boston, Bennett. I think I guess you it was got against Boston. One save. I hope I never see you again, dude. That's harsh. I'll give Bennett. I'll give Bennett a C minus. And his eight four one ERA, you're giving him that a <laughs> nah. C minus. Get right, out I'll of here, dude. D. But he got that save. He's got a five point four seven FIP. Oh, uh, he's he's. Uh, well, the problem was he Tony was in tr- Birmingham. Tony was Birmingham. I, I Maybe Canapolis. I just spit on my microphone because I got so fired. Tony was trying him out like he was the number two leverage guy out of the bullpen. And we gave Lurie an F for that. So congratulations, right, that's Bennett. Fair. Come that's on fair. down. All right, you're right. You're right, but I'll give him a D. And Davis Martin? Davis Martin. I, I'll give Davis Martin a B. He's been very good. Davis Martin's been very good. I like what I've seen out of him. He's gotten he's he's been the victim of some bad defense. We saw that in the Cleveland series. I liked I the guy is out of a, a minor league system whose pitching has been atrocious. You could go through the mining the and this is why the White Sox farm gets such bad grades is because the pitching is just, it's got to be 30 out of 30. It's, it's absolutely horrible because we have some hitters who are doing some stuff down there. Davis Martin might be the only bright spot. Maybe Vera, who's been. Definitely Vera, but yeah, outside of Vera, it's Davis Martin. So well, We just drafted three studs with the first three picks of the draft. This year. Yeah, I mean, we went with a high school guy in the first round, which is a little change in strategy. Um, and then we got some guys who have, I think one of them had Tommy John. I, I forget. Second round pick was Tommy, had Tommy John. So there's some potential there, but it was very clear. I mean, Rick knows it's, it's not a secret. There's no pitching in the farm. Right. So that's why if you look at the draft this year. It's been a high emphasis the last couple of years. I think. 75% were pitchers. So, right. I mean, it is what it is there. Davis Martin's been a great surprise. So I'll, I'll give him. Davis Martin is another guy. I think passing they, grade. I think they potentially could look to deal um, to try to acquire some yeah. assets for the playoffs. Okay, Dave, you got Bennett Souza and Davis Martin up for grades. I'm gonna go with C and C. Dude, how are you giving them fillers. the same grades? Come on, give give me a. Break. I think they're fillers because I think at the end of the year we could they could be flip flop. We get B C C B. I don't think they're gonna be in our in our forty man, and I don't think they're worth any uh, any of the, any of our time right now. <laughs> All right, they're both they're both guys we don't need to spend a lot of time on. Let's go to uh, two more guys. We'll do another another double dose. Uh, one guy's currently on the fifteen day out fifteen day DL, and another guy was just DFA'd by the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, those two members are of course <laughs> Vince Velasquez and everyone's favorite Dallas Keuchel. Nikki starts off with Vince and Dallas. <laughs> I got a lot of thoughts on Dallas. I'm sure you do. I'm going to save him, though. As is Liam Hendricks. <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting report. That Real interesting. So Can Vince, we bring him back? I'm going to give Vince. I'm <laughs> no, gonna, we do not bring Dallas back. I think we could bring him back. I have I have my thoughts. I'm going to save it for later in the show okay. with Dallas. But Dallas F, whatever, he got DFA'd. Uh the guy just got absolutely bombed. I mean, it, Dallas and Leary, right? You So, quick stat about Dallas Keuchel. I think we're plus 31 in a run differential since the day that we DFA'd Dallas. And we were minus 52, something along those lines. 
when he was on the team. So we look into the second half. We don't have Dallas Keuchel. We're we're plus we're a plus team now. Run differential wise because Dallas Keuchel's not on the team. So F for Dallas. I mean consensus F. I don't even. I, I don't want to hear your guys' thoughts on Dallas because he's an F. We all know it. Vince Velasquez. I'll give him. Um, I'll give him a C. And the only reason I give him a C is I predicted that he wouldn't be on the team in July, and he's still on the team. Congratulations, Vince. <laughs> and he's on the team. I think he's doing a Phantom IL stint right now. Yeah. Dave. Yeah, I'm gonna give him. Uh, I'm gonna give him a C. I'll I'll give Dallas a, a whopping F minus to go with my guy uh, Bennett, and I'll give Vince a a D plus. He's been a D plus. That's pretty. He well. he had a decent like two. Start he had a nice stretch. start against the Angels when they him Congra- and that Trout. He was on like ESPN where it was raining, and it was like yeah. Vince Velasquez needs to Such pull Rick Ankeel Rick, Rick and, yeah, and play, play left field. <laughs> I mean, he some had, White Sox guys out at the that plate. That dude threw some dudes out of the plate. He was great in left field. That's about Who all I can Who did he throw down in the White Sox? It was probably like Liam Hendricks. Was, he, the was that against the White Sox? He threw yeah, against out? the White Sox. He played a hell of a left field. I kept hoping the one game they went to extras and Tony used everybody. They were going to go to uh, Vince in the outfield. Well, just never, for, never forget for when Tony put Liam at second base when – the rule. <laughs> you forgot the rule that you don't have to throw. I try that. not to think about those, but thanks, Nikki. Uh, now we're down to the guys who are kind of currently pitching for the Sox and currently playing a role in the bullpen. Uh, first up, we got Jimmy Lambert. Uh, I'll start. Oh, I'll give Jimmy. I'll give Jimmy a B. Uh, I think Jimmy's definitely. Jimmy was a starter in the minors mostly, um, but his value to the Sox and the, the major league level has been the bullpen. Yep. Uh, he's thrown yep. pretty well this year. His FIP says it may not be true. He's got a four a four point two four FIP while at the two point six six ERA. Um, but to this point, Jimmy's been pretty strong out of the pen. Two six six ERA. Two six six ERA. So I, I I hope Jimmy can keep it together. But to this point, Jimmy's probably been a B for us. Mush. Yeah, I'll go with a B with that. Uh, not disappointed in the kid. I think he's shown some potential. I don't have much expectation from him. Um, I'm hoping that he's irrelevant in the next month or two when our other guys come back. Um, but I'll go with a B for Jimbo. Yeah, I mean, I think that Dude. I think that's true. I think I think you hope they yeah. they acquire guys where Jimmy Lambert's not a member of the playoff bullpen. Um, but to this point, Jimmy Lambert pitch, has pitched pretty well. He he might be working his way into a. a playoff roster spot right now. I, I'm gonna give him. I a think B+. you hope. I think you hope Jimmy's the last reliever. Yeah. Team. Yeah, which is like a long reliever type guy, right? Right, which would be ideal for Jimmy, dude. He's, he's got starting background. He's been phenomenal this year. I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due for Jimmy Lambert. The guy, he's been up and down. I think everyone gets tainted a little bit because he's been he gets the spots start here and there, right? And he gets bombed, but he's been really good. I think he's been a really at good. At the end year. of the day, at the end of the day, we we hope that he excels and continues to get better. I'll say right now, but, the, the way the bullpen's constructed right now with all the guys on the IL, he'd be the number five most trusted guy out of the pen. We talked about that last week. I think it's, I think it's, he's, it's him and Foster for five, six. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Who's next? Is ne- Foster next then? Or? Ne- next up, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to jump and we're going to give a guy who's probably number four. Um, and that's Tanner Banks. Tanner, Tanner. Okay. The lone lefty still in the pen. Um, I think Tanner's, Tanner's been, I, I, har- I have a hard time saying anything negative about Tanner. Um, 
pitched pretty well at the start of the year, had a little rough patch, got sent down to Charlotte, and since he's come up, he's been pretty damn good. Uh, I think Tanner, I think I give Tanner a B at minimum, um, and he's in that B, B-plus range for me. I'm giving Tanner Banks an A minus. You love Tanner Banks. I'm Tanner just Banks waiting for you. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting to dude, show up here for a, a podcast, he, and you have a Tanner jersey on. And, and dude, at that I'm point, gonna, I'll make fun I, of you, but I'm waiting for it. And literally, an opening day roster, I was giving Rick shit for keeping him on the roster. It's like this journeyman pitcher. I I've said it. A minus for Tanner. One bad game this year, and it was the Josh Naylor game. I think he, I think if you I think you wish your dad had broken your right hand and made you a left-handed thrower. <laughs> And you think you'd be Tanner Banks? Well, Tony would throw me out there. If you were a lefty, you sure would. Dave, what you got for Tanner Banks? Tanner boy, Tanner boy. I'm going to give him a B. Um, again, I, I wish him the best slap on the ass, and I hope he continues heading in the right direction, but I hope he's irrelevant in the next month. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, again, I think I think it's pretty accurate. I think we have. I think the consensus rank is a, is a B, B-plus for Tanner. Um, I think he's been great to this point, but. You, know. you get a Joe Mantiply, and I think Tanner's a guy who has a has a better long term chance of staying on the playoff roster because he throws with the left hand. Um, but similar to Jimmy. Uh, next up, we have my least favorite current member of the pen, uh, Jose Ruiz. Jose's a converted catcher. He's flashed at times this year. Three three point six two ERA, four point six nine FIP. Um. You know, oh, oh, what do we got here? 41 Ks in 37 innings. So he's a little over a K per nine, or a little over nine Ks, nine Ks per start per nine. Um, you know, Jose's Jose's Jose. Uh, I give him a C. He's been okay. He hasn't been great. He's been okay. Mush. Yeah, I'm gonna give him a C. So Jose Ruiz, if you recall, like earlier in the year, his stuff looked insane. He his he. Had this changeup, he was striking up, striking out guys like crazy with the changeup, and then it fell off a little bit. I don't know what happened. Really struggled. There was a point in time where he couldn't get anyone out. Now he's been doing a little better, so it's been a little bit of a roller coaster with Jose. I'll give him a C. I mean, he's still on the team, right? Right. I that mean, says I, think, for something. I think I think that Jose's a C guy. He's a guy. He's who an inning filler. You hope he's the last guy right. in the pen. I'd prefer my inning filler to be able to pitch multiple innings, the, but the, the problem is we got too many of those, right? Right. You need more guys who are high leverage guys. Uh, next up is the guy we talked about briefly a little bit earlier, Matt Foster. Uh, Foster was great. The super short year struggled last year and has kind of rebounded this year. It's been pretty, it's been solid at times. Uh, went through a rough patch and kind of saw his numbers inflate a little bit, but it's been, I think, fairly solid. I think Matt Foster is similar to everyone we've talked. Big last few last few relievers we've spoken about. Uh, he's a guy you hope isn't on that roster. Perfect that way to, to identify him in inning fillers. Right. Well, I would say Foster's got to be more than an inning filler, and he was that earlier in the year. He was coming in at huge spots and getting out of them, but then he just. Well, I I think what happened, and this is my opinion, but we just. The bullpen got totally overused, and it was a it was a product of the strike and all this thing, all this stuff where the bullpen was just getting crushed. And Foster, he was coming in in those extra innings games. It was like the fifth appearance in a row, like four or five straight days, and he just got banged up. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I'll give him a C plus. I think Matt Foster could be a very valuable part of the bullpen. So I'd like to see him get back to where he was earlier in the year. 
Yeah, I kind of agree. I give him a C plus. He's he pitched. He was in some high leverage situations, uh, a little bit more than Jose Ruiz. Did pretty well, um, but again, the overusage was a thing an issue, and he kind of struggled a little bit. But it's rebounded. Um, if I've if I've got if you tell me we're DFAing or we're de- we're sending one of these guys down to Charlotte between Jose and Foster, I'm telling you, the, I'm telling you, to send Ruiz down. Yeah, no doubt. You keep keep Fo- you're keeping Foster. All right, we have uh, three members of the bullpen left. We'll kind of uh, I love kind of I love these, how you saved the best for last. Knock these out, and then we go to the starting rotation. Uh, first up, we got Reynaldo Lopez. A plus. A plus. The guy, he's totally turned his career around. He's hitting triple digits. He's He's been the guy that we could count on to come in and be our fireman to put out fire. Uh, he, he comes in in the, the highest leverage positions because, heaven forbid, you bring in a Graveman or Liam in those situations. Tony can't think that far ahead, but you know Ray's been that guy, and he's been an absolute stud. I I love what he's turned into. A plus. Dave, what you got? Um, I'm gonna give him an A plus. I think that we sh- this would be Garrett Crochet. Um, we miss Crochet. Holding, we miss Crochet. Babe. I think he's holding Garrett Crochet's jockstrap right now, and this is what we would would have got out of him. Um, n- not gonna bash Raylo. I think uh, he's gonna be pivotal for us to make him run. And I think if you combine him with Liam and uh, JoJo Kelly, we're going to be unhittable in the back half of the game. So I think that's going to be very important uh, to our success. I would have given Raylo an A, but based on the two, you guys give him A plus. I'll give you, an, I'll give him the A plus as well. Boom. Uh, he's at five point five strikeouts per walk, strikeouts to walk. Um, What's his uh, strikeout per innings? Nine point four strikeouts per nine. Okay. 1.7 walks per nine. His That's, his control wow. has been great. Amazing. Amazing. He's got a 2.79 ERA, but what's more impressive is his FIP is 1.6. He's just, dude. Okay. Um, I I don't think you have this up, but top five major league relievers in WAR. Ray Lowe is on the top five. Is he really? Yeah, I just I, saw that. He's. Posting. He's been fantastic, which um, makes sense because of what you said on the FIP. I was wondering, I was curious the why is, is really he's elite. rated so high, dude. He's, I mean, you could see it though, can't you? I mean, one point zero two four WHIP. He's doing he's doing a lot of good things. He hasn't given up. He hasn't given up a bomb to this point. Um, that's huge. Eight walks, one intentional, zero home runs allowed, forty two innings, with one start. Um, Raylo's been great. I, I struggle to tell you anything other than that. He's been elite. Uh, he's a guy who, you know, there are times where I'm like, ooh, I wonder if we should give him another chance in the, the rotation. And then I go back to the, he's been so damn Dude, good in the pen. Keep him Just in the pen. Just keep him there and let him be an elite pen guy. He's uh, moving people down. Two guys left. We'll go with our eighth man, our eighth inning man, Kendall Graveman. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be quick on these last two. Just because we got to do the rotation still, but Graveman A minus for me. He's been rock solid, rock solid across the board. Yeah, I'd go A minus as well. He had that, you know, he had a couple hiccups, but he's been pretty damn good this year. Forty innings pitched, uh, under under two, under under two and a half. Dave. Yeah, he's been rock solid. I give him an A. All right, last up in the pen is Liam. Uh, Liam's an A for me. Liam is. Liam, for my money, if there's one closer I want to close the game for me, it's Liam. 
Yeah. I Mush, what do you got for Liam? Give him an A. I think he's been outstanding. I hope he continues his success. Yeah. I consensus A. These these ones have been easy. It's easy when they're good. The back the back three of the pen has been has been pretty elite. So uh, a, a for Liam, I would have closed them out over Class A in the All Star game. That pissed me off a little bit, but you know I know Class A is the trendy guy, just like Ty Ferran. So it is what it is. We'll move on. <laughs> All right, we got our five starters left. Uh, first up, we got Lance Lynn. Uh, Lance has pitched the only three six innings this year, seven starts. Uh, I'm gonna give give Lance a C minus. Um, I think you easily can give him a lower grade. I will give him the C minus because even though his ERA is a seven five, his FIP is four point seven eight. That's that that makes me feel a lot better. And I think Lance is a guy who really had an abbreviated minor league stint, which when you don't have that spring, you almost have to look at his abbreviated minor league stint as a spring training for him. Um, and his first couple starts of spring training, I think Lance is a guy who we need to turn it around, and I think he will. Mush. What do you got for Lance? I'm gonna give Lance a D. Um, I feel like I'm I'm operating on a slow iPhone. I feel like I, if Lance Lynn was my iPhone, I feel like I missed the last three updates. <laughs> Why? Because he's old. Yeah, it's just it's slow. It's glitchy. Just he's not. It's not coming together. It's not flowing. Uh, How dare you speak about Dirty Raxlin like that? Dirty Raxlin. Well, I'm gonna give him a D. All right. Yeah, I expect got? more from him. What'd you right, got, I'll, I'll give 30 racks a, a C minus. We need to see more. How dare you? <laughs> so I think the consensus for Lance is a, is a D plus C minus. Yeah, he, he's been bad. I mean, he's been bad, but potential's there. What's the difference between it? What's the difference between a D and a C minus? You got he gave he, virtually like nothing. Car, car wash. Just one I, of us. Yeah. One of us wants to have hope a little bit more. Uh, we'll go you got a nickname for him. The top four of the rotation have all been pretty strong. We're going to touch on them right now. Uh, probably the surprise of the year, Johnny Cueto. Oh, Legs, man. let's start us off with Johnny Cueto. Can I do another A+. Plus? A+. Plus. Johnny Cueto, the man. Johnny Sizz Cueto. Mr. Six Innings, Mr. Quality Start. I'll, Mr. I'll pick up a baseball when Kopech leaves two-thirds of an inning into a game, and I'll give you five. It, what what more can you ask for out of this guy? He's a magician. I love everything about Johnny Cueto. A+. plus. Dave, what you got on Johnny Cueto? Absolutely. I think he's an A-plus, and I think he's filling the role of Lance Lynn. Yeah, I think I think Johnny Cueto is, is an A-plus Based on what you expected, and you think he's probably a, a B plus um, with an A minus, B plus A minus with always delivered, which which tells you a lot. Um, I think a lot of it's smoke and mirrors. I think a lot of it's what we talked about earlier, where he's the he's the crafty vet you wanted Dallas to be. Um, you know where his ERA is a is a little bit over a full run better than his FIP, um, but Johnny Cueto has been has been delivering, and he's a guy who takes the ball. And he goes out there and he gives you innings, which is something the, the Sox we need innings. badly, badly need. For just a little perspective here, Johnny Cueto is pitched in 12 games, started 11. Kopech's pitched in 17. He, Kopech has nine more innings than Cueto. Yeah, that's, that's insane. Giolito and- is pitched in, four, in 16 games with 16 starts. Cueto is 12 and 11, as we said earlier. 
and Lucas has given us 14 more names. Yeah, and and Cueto, that one game that he didn't start was was eight. the one he came in for Kopech. He threw was, I think he threw five or six innings. Yeah, game. it's un, what what more can you ask for from the guy? Collectively, he'll we'll look back in ten years and he'll he'll have the best career out of any of these White Sox pitchers. I think well, Cueto. Cueto career wise, yeah, he's, he's a stud. Really he's a stud. I mean, that's a different conversation for a different day. All right, we're down to the top three guys in our rotation. We'll start off with Michael Kopech. I'll start on this one. Uh, I give Michael a B. Um, he's pitched really well. I think there's still some things he needs to improve upon. Going deep into games uh, is definitely one of them. And I think he struggled a little bit of late with his knee, which is not to give him an excuse, but to I think it's something that we need to acknowledge that the knee has been an issue of late. He's pitching really well to start the year and has struggled uh, a little bit of late. Uh, with that being said, I think he's been pretty solid. And for a guy who's in his first year as a major league starter, I think he's been, you know, he's, I think we've relied upon him a lot in large part due to the struggles of Dallas Keuchel and Lancelin's injury. And I think Michael is pretty much, pretty much delivered. He's given us a chance to win each night. Right. right? Even, even as he's working through this thing with his knee. Um, I'm gonna give him a B minus, and if I graded him after the first two months, I would have given him an A. But again, you said a, we need him to go deeper in games. Um, he stepped up in some big games this year. He shut down the Yankees twice. So there's good things. I, I I'm very optimistic about Big Mike in the second half, but I I gotta give him a B minus just because he's not getting deep in games. Mush, what do you got? Yeah, I think I'm gonna give him. A, I'm gonna give him a B minus, maybe a C plus. I feel like um, he's not reached anywhere near his full potential. But I feel like we've enabled that um, with his injuries and his little prima donna stuff on the mound. <laughs> um, I think I think there's more to offer, and I think he needs to be put in his place. And uh, <laughs> I his, think I'm gonna put Michael about? in his place. But I'm what do you what do you mean by C. put in his place? He, he needs a wake-up call. Like, he's not he's not our top three right now, and he should be our one or two, and he needs to step his shit up, Michael. <laughs> All right. Cool. Who do we get next? All right. We're down to our last two. Uh, first up, we have Lucas Giolito. Nikki, why don't you start us off with Nick? Lucas, Lucas. Is, Lucas is interesting. Um, he's been really good lately. Everybody wanted to write Lucas off when he had that bad stretch. I'm gonna give him a. I'm gonna give him a B minus. I'm gonna put him right in with Kopech. And Kopech probably has better numbers, but I think Lucas is. He's given us more innings, which is important. And he's been better of late. And Lucas. Lucas, he's he's like a guy. Um, he's like a Yasmani Grandal, Yuan Mankata. Like this team can't win the World Series unless Lucas is at his best. It's very clear, right? Like you, th- these core players, you need these guys to be at their best, and he's one of them. So, if Lucas is gonna go through a stretch where he has, you know, what he did midway through the first half, it's just it's not gonna happen for the White Sox. So he's he's key to the team, and we need him to be better. But I don't, I'm not gonna give him like a terrible, terribly bad grade because he did have some really strong outings to bounce back a little bit. So, B minus. Dave, what you got? I'm going to give him a C plus. Um, I think 
I agree with Legs. If we're going to be World Series contenders, um, he's going to need to step it up. But at the same time, I'm just going to say, you know, Lucas, he's got to figure it out. And uh, we're hoping that he's just he's just ready to run in the second half. Yeah, I'd give Lucas a B. Um, he had a really bad stretch of starts, and I think it was like four, maybe five, where he was really bad. Um, with that being said, I th- thought he was really good prior to that. And he's been really good the last three or four starts. Um, so I think his numbers are really, his numbers look bad from the outside, based in large part to that that those like they were four and four or five in a row um, where he struggled. Outside of those, outside of that little stretch, he's been pretty good. Um, his overall numbers don't reflect that necessarily, um, but I'd give Lucas a B, and I think he's a guy who is is going to show that he is. He's a, you know one of the best stars in the White Sox, one of the best stars in the AL. On the second, yeah, we hope so. Second of the season. Right. Our last guy is none other than Dylan Cease. As Nikki, as Nikki likes to bring up every every time we talk, Dylan <laughs> should have been in LA. Uh, he led the AL in strikeouts in the first half. Uh, 2.15 ERA, 2.67 FIP, 12.9 Ks per nine, uh, 3.31 strikeout to walk ratio. Dylan's been electric this year. He's been everything I think we hoped he could be. I remember when he first got traded to the Sox. Uh, it was, you know, I think a year after the Kopech trade, and I know Nicky and I had spent a lot of time talking about Kopech in the minors and what he was doing, and Dylan came in, and Dylan was doing crazy, stupid things in Birmingham uh, and continued that into Charlotte. And he's finally taken that big step in the majors and has kind of shown that he is who everyone, you know, I think we hoped Best case scenario for him could be, and he's kind of shown that. So, A-plus for Dylan. Consensus. I don't even need grades out of you guys because we all know that it's an A-plus. And most importantly, the guy threw the most important outing of the season this past Sunday to shut down the Twins to get us within three games. So, all right. Thanks for sticking with us there. That was that was a lot. We, we just went through every player – Every key player on the White Sox from the first half, we gave them a grade. Real quick, we gotta be we gotta be super quick on this because I want to do some let's get pickled and then do a quick prediction for the second half. But we're gonna do a grade for Tony. We're gonna do a grade for Rick, an overall grade for the White Sox. I'm gonna go first. My grade for Tony. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. I know what you want to say. Say it. (laughs) Say it. All right. A a big F for Tony. Uh, What what more do you need to say? The the two intentional walks are second and third to what Joe Madden did. And and we talked about Joe Madden a lot and how just embarrassing he is. And Tony one-ups him two times this year. Big fat F for Tony. Rick Hahn. I'm going to give Rick a D for what he did this offseason. I think it was one of the worst offseasons in, in recent memory for the White Sox. Salvaged by Johnny Cueto because Johnny Cueto has been an absolute stud. And if I'm Rick Hahn, I'm buying Johnny Cueto a steak dinner at Gibson's because he saved his offseason. So an overall grade for the White Sox, I'm going to give them, we're three games out, I'm going to give them a D-. minus. I'm I'm not happy with the White Sox. They 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 came back a little bit at the end. Then they won five. They won five out of eight 
against Cleveland and Minnesota, but that's the expectation. If if you're going to win the division, that's the expectation. That's what we did last year. We dominated. I'm not happy. I'm not happy what we did in the first half. I'm saying D-minus, you need to be better. Because if we don't make the playoffs this year, if we don't win the AL Central, it's an F. It's an absolute F. So It's embarrassing. So you, you should be lucky right now that you're not getting an F from me. Dave, what you got? I'm going to go with the C's across the board here between Han, Tony, um, uh, you know, between – there's just a lot lot going on here, man, between the injuries. Um, I don't think Han's made the right moves uh, in the offseason with, you know, we talked about Rondon, Rodon, um, Lurie, Steele. Um, you know, and I, th- I feel like Tony's kind of driving a – driving a car in the race here with a, a flat tire. Um, so I, I it's just, for me, it's too early to jump the gun and, and make any tough, I don't know, to, to give any grades that I feel like I could stand behind. I think we're, we're coming up here and uh, shit the vision, but I think, I think we're going to be in at the end. So I, I didn't say this, but we have to be, uh, you have to be feeling so lucky that we're in the division that we're in. If we're in any other division, the season's over. Maybe not the season's over because you could sneak into a wild card, but I mean that that factors into my grade too. I don't want it. I'm not factoring in that luck because that's ridiculous. The fact that we play in a shitty division, I'm going to bump up the grade. No way. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you there, Nikki. Um, I give Tony and and Rick both these, uh, and I think they're easily things that go. Could go lower. Uh, I'll give Tony the benefit of the doubt of just a D with while he's done some awful moves and things we haven't seen before. At least the Sox and maybe maybe it's it's benefit to the Sox and and in spite of Tony and not because and not with Tony even. Um, you know they've managed to stay close and yes it's large in large part to the division they play in but. You know, I'll I'll at least give him the the benefit of the doubt. It's it's funny saying you giving a guy the benefit of the doubt and giving him a D, um, <laughs> but I'll give yeah, Tony a D. I, but that's that. what it is. Um, Rick, I think the decision to give Lurie that deal is is awful. To not offer Rodon the qualifying offer is irresponsible. Great point. Um, the the Kimbrel deal, while at the time made sense. Picking up his option this year has been was a mistake, and they would have been better off trying to to de- to decline his option and taking the sixteen million that Kimbrel was got or the twelve million. I think it's Pollock's at twelve eight or twelve. Uh, taking that twelve million they gave Pollock and giving that to someone else would have been a better deal. So Rick definitely hasn't had many hits, and really his only hit this year was Cueto, which was pure luck and desperation, not something that was planned going in. So giving Rick more than a D is hard. I'll give the White Sox a C minus, um, not because they've done anything well, but because they are still in a position where if they can figure it out, if they can right the ship, which they showed signs of doing to end the series, to end this, the first half of the season with Minnesota uh, by taking three out of four, they can still do what was expected. It's going to be a little, uh, little more of a struggle and a lot more question marks and has made the season significantly more stressful than it should have been. Yep. Um, but they still have the opportunity to do what they what they had hoped to accomplish, what was expected of them to accomplish this year, 
which was which was win the division. And once you get that C in the dance, you have the chance of getting, coming home with the ultimate prize, which is what their goal is every year. All right, that fair enough, Schwab, Mush. So it sounds like a consensus C minus. Because Mush, you had him at C, I had him, I think a D, and you had C minus. C minus. So okay, so we're, we're consensus C minus there, and I, I don't hate that. We're, we're in a position where we could come back from, right? Like you said, we're not in a position. It's not unrealistic to come back. We're not eight games back at the break, so I'll take it. And we're setting ourselves up nicely. We have the the easiest schedule remaining in the MLB. So, all right, we, I, we gotta we gotta think positive here, and I think things are gonna turn around, and and we're gonna take the division. I've said it before. So, we gotta move on. That's that that was a that was a lot there. We we talked about every player. We talked. We gave some grades for Tony, Rick, and the team. But I think it needed to be done. It was uh it was in. I have to remember, or maybe I have to forget for the 2022 White Sox. Um, we're gonna do let's get pickled, and I, I so we're we're running out of time here. So I'm gonna just do my let's get pickled because I want to get this out there, and then we're gonna do predictions for the second half, and then we're gonna wrap it up. But I need to get this out there because my guy Philly Lockname texted me after last week's podcast, and he was just. He couldn't believe it. He was disgusted that I bring up my guy, you're mean, when he took Dallas deep. So a week later, and we got the news today that Dallas Keuchel gets DFA'd, and we got to talk about it real quick. But you're mean, my guy, you're mean, Mercedes, ends the career of Dallas Keuchel. Nobody's picking up Dallas. Not after getting DFA'd by the White Sox and then the Diamondbacks. Can you believe my guy, you're mean? So, and I tweeted it, and I will bet money on this. I'll take any bet right now. My guy, you're mean, will be betting third in October in the playoffs for the Giants. I'll bet you the Giants aren't in the playoffs. That would be the only way my guy, you're mean's not betting third. Yeah, I... <laughs> you I, know it's true. You know it's true. I don't want to give you any more if your mean a, ammo because I know I know how you feel about him. Your means betting third. Right. I'm not. I'm. October. I'm going to ignore the your mean thing as hard as it is because I know how you feel about your mean. Um, but you know, I I can't see anything better happen to such a horrendous human like Dallas Keuchel. Um, so I'm glad he's done. He's <laughs> okay, he's 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 awful. <laughs> The guy was walking around like he was, you know, uh, still, still a winning Cy Youngs, with all this talk about how the Sox need to learn how from his winning ways. And Dallas, you were on a cheating organization, and you had a brief stretch <laughs> where you were good. But Dallas, let's not let's not get crazy here, guy. You weren't that pitcher anymore. You weren't, you know, you weren't the Sox version of John Lester. You were that for a year. Yeah. Um, and he, he, like, that was my thing. He felt like he was John, he felt, he thought he was John Lester and he wasn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the role that he wanted. To right. That was the role that I think the Sox signed him to, signed him to fill and he wasn't that. Well, it should have been Zach Wheeler. Let's not go into that. Um, <laughs> but you know, he wanted to be John Lester and he's not. And, you know, Liam has hinted heavily that he believes that the leaks about the clubhouse problems were were a wrong and b came from Dallas, um, and I think that shows you the teammate that the players on the White Sox currently 
way they view Dallas Keuchel. And I think that tells you all you need to know. He's not respected. He's not liked by his former teammates. And that's in large part to the way he acted, um, where he always wanted to point fingers at his defense, at at anything really. Uh, I never wanted to admit that Dallas Keuchel was the issue. So, so last thought, and then we're moving on. The, the when Dallas was announced that he's pitching against the Giants, and your mean was betting third, I I dropped a quick hundo on your mean over one and a half hits, and he got a first at bat, he got a double. Next at bat, I was watching the MLB app in play run. Of course, he hits the bomb, absolute rocket down the left field line. Easiest money you could ever win your life. Your mean Mercedes minus one and a half hits against Dallas Keuchel. Did did your main your mean hit it on three zero? <laughs> did he hit it on three? Tony, what if what a has anything been the same since he's done that? No, it's been it's been special. That was in Minnesota too against La Tortuga. You should you should take a look on my YouTube page. Your mean versus La Tortuga. It's a good video it's that a, I pulled a, together. It's a great video. So last last segment here, real quick. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, you got a last thought. We gotta go. We gotta go to Mush to get pickled here this week. We need we need a food. We need a food oh, ranking right. from. Uh, all right, all right. We need a food ranking from old uh, from good old Dave here. Dave, what, what we got, got here? What are we talking about? Well, coming into the halfway point of the MLB season this year. Um, Seemed to kind of unorthodox approach in, in uh, just scraped and in, in kind of put together some some winning ways and kind of sandwiched ourselves into the uh, into the playoff race here with three back in the division. So I'm going to give uh, my top three sandwiches in Chicago, <laughs> and I'm talking sandwiches. And then we're not talking we're not talking burgers, hot dogs, beefs, Italian subs. We're talking about one of a kind approach here. Um, and it's going to kill me to say this, but I had to do this. I had to put this as my number three here because my favorite Euro sandwich um, is Wally's Euros. Wally's. Park Ridge. They, it's, can they, you they just can use, use Wally's? They don't exist anymore. R.I.P. They just closed their doors. I had. I wanted to throw that out there because I think that they were the best Euro head. <laughs> In my life, what about um, Johnny's probably. place? Now in Johnny's place. place is good, but if if I had to give uh, a, a a euro that you had to get your hands on as soon as possible, Mister Greeks down in Jackson Halstead is it was my go to when I was living in the city. Um, my number two sandwich is going to be Manny's corned beef pastrami sandwich. Uh, uh, pastrami. Manny's deli with uh, extra horseradish um, on a little bialy, <laughs> uh, and then coming in at my number one. Outside the box sandwich is the Rico Benny's breaded steak with hot jardinier. All right. That's good. That's a good list. I love Rico Benny's, but I don't get the breaded steak. That's a monster sandwich. I just get a beef. I I had that for the first time, I think, in February this year. At Rico's? Yeah. Under the tracks? Yeah. Yeah. Holy smoke. But hey, I wanted to. I love going there I wanted before to, White Sox games. That's a hell of a sandwich. It was fantastic. We got next week coming in. We got we got Buffalo Wings. So get geared up for that one. The top three Buffalo Wings. I'm All still right, I'm like still that. waiting for your Italian beef. That's the one I'm I'm waiting for. Next Friday, 
we should all go to the White Sox game and tailgate. If you're interested. I don't have practice, so I'm in. Mush? Uh, I got to check my schedule. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could cater Rico Benes. So, all right, Mush, that's a great, great listing. Schwab, any thoughts on that? I have nothing to add. Uh, again, first time experience with Rico Benes was this past February. Fantastic. Uh, Wally's definitely was my year of choice. With Wally's being gone now, which I still think is a crime, uh, I'm now at Brandy's uh, for Euro. Oh, guy. Brandy's. Okay, I, I I do frequent Brandy's every now and then. It's down the block. We got you got your birthday week, huh? When 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 are you turning? Th- you turn thirty five legs. Or 30, 40? 34, easy with the thirty five. Thirty four tomorrow. Thirty four. I'm and I already got Ali saying uh, we're gonna get the White Sox cake for me, so be perfect. Yeah. Living that good life now, here. Yeah, three girls. You, you, you and the wife playing zone defense now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, if you like uh, dressing up in princess dresses, come on over to my place. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, all right, let's wrap this thing up. This has been a, the longest episode today, but a lot of, lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff that we've been talking about. Predictions for the second half. Who wants it first? Dave, why don't you kick us off? Okay, well we're gonna we're gonna see the worst, the best worst collapse in MLB history because the Yankees are gonna fall apart. Oh, the prediction you're going to the Yankees. Wow. Yeah, they's predicted right the whole gonna, league. Right, right now. At the when top. they get Soto, we'll see what happens. Yeah, bullshit. Soto's going to the Blue Jays. Anyways, I think we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be about 700 uh, in the second half, and I think we're gonna. Lock in the uh, the AL Central, and I think we'll probably be we'll have the be the will be the third best playoff team in the AL by record. All right, I'll uh, I'll go next. Uh, I will I will first promise that I will get on an emergency pod if Juan Soto is dealt. Um, <laughs> if Juan Soto is dealt to the White Sox, I have permission to get on a pod. At that exact moment. Listen, if Juan Soto gets dealt to the White Sox, I really that that package is going to be the hell would fantastic. Free, hell would freeze over. Um, but that will be uh, that, that's my new favorite Wani. He's no longer it's no longer Wani U. It's it's Wani Soto if he becomes yeah. a White Sox. A dagger. Um, I think the Sox are gonna are gonna start off hot and they're gonna stay hot and they're going to end up winning the AL Central. Uh. They'll they'll be the three seed going into the playoffs, and we'll hope for a favorable matchup after the wild card round. I like that, gentlemen. I'm with you. I'm with you 100. percent So I think we're 46 and 46. Is that right? So yeah. 92 games in. Correct. I, I'm gonna say we're gonna win 90 games this year, which I think is a disappointment. I would have I would have liked to be higher. We're going to win 90 games this year. We're going to go 90 and 72. And we're going to win the AL Central by five games over the Twins. And the Twins, the reason I think they're only going to win 85, I think that would be a good season for them. But their pitching is just not – their pitching is not good. It's not good at all. Now, Dave and I talked about this briefly this weekend. Uh, You know, Cleveland has the pitching but not the bats outside of, you know, guys like – outside of really Jose – uh, in Minnesota, while they have the better bats, they they lack the pitching, as you saw this last weekend when the Sox were putting up big run totals. 
uh, in three of the four games. So to go 90 and 72, we're 46 and 46 right now. That means we need to go 44 and 26 the rest of the way, 18 games over. I think that's very doable. We have the easiest schedule in the league. Our our rest of July and August, we got to clean up. We, we can't lose enough. We can't lose a series. The next, I think, six or seven series, we cannot lose them. You said 44 and 26? 44 and 26. 44 and 26 is a hell of a run. Yeah. Um, that's to win 90 games. I would. We need to take two of three of every series. Well, that's that. Three that'd be four better than forty-four series. and twenty-six, I think. Right. All right. But that's what I'm saying. Dude, the teams on the schedule, you need to win every series. Maybe yeah. throw in a sweep. I mean, here's what I can tell you. I think if the Sox managed to pull that off, it would be a very nice change. The fact that, you know, the last two years they've gone to the playoffs, they're playing a hot first half and struggled down the stretch. It would be nice to be going to the playoffs, playing your best baseball there. Mush, you talked about this a little bit. That's that's what you think Tony's play is. Last year, we we took our foot off the gas a little bit. This year, it's different. This year, we're playing for a spot, and we're going to keep that momentum going right into the playoffs, and we're going to win those first couple of series. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, This upcoming week, we got four against Cleveland. We got... Friday's game tomorrow, we got a doubleheader Saturday, and then Sunday, and then we go to Colorado for two, Tuesday and Wednesday in Colorado, and then at home against Oakland. So I we, we got to do, I mean, that's that's an easy schedule out of the break. I know Cleveland we haven't been great against, but it's at home. And that's one thing we got to turn around. That, right, I was going to say, they're home, they've been bad at home, they need to, they need to get that right. So we get that right, and I mean, we've been good on the road. That's, I mean, that's a positive, right? So I, I'm feeling good about this, and you know, we're, we're gonna keep things rolling. I think we're gonna win this series against Cleveland. We take three out of four. We'll see what happens in Colorado, and then we're gonna sweep Oakland. That's what's gonna happen this upcoming weekend. We're gonna get hot. We're, the, the boys, we're gonna we're gonna get Lance going. We're gonna have these this rotation hitting on all cylinders. I like where we're at. We had the momentum going with three out of four out of the Twins, and gentlemen, it's time. It's time for us to to put the pedal to the metal. Shit or get off the pot. Let's go. Let's go. It's time to win the division. We got a division to win. We're the favorites. We're the defending champs. We're gonna wrap up this week. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next week coming off a a big four-game set against Cleveland and then two in Colorado. We'll catch you next time. See ya.